Tomahawk, ladies and gentlemen, all the flute benders and flute bendettes out there in the world. Welcome <laughs> to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And we are coming at you from a very strange time. Uh, yeah. It is mid-year. This is usually about the time that we start doing our top 10 thus far. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the world has been on hold for quite some time. Yeah. And so pulling a top 10 would amount to picking my 10 favorite movies out of like the 15 of scene. This would, this would be the first, like the first year we did the podcast. This would be yeah. my end of the year list where I had seen 12 movies that year. I think that is precisely that how many movies I've seen so far this year. Yeah. I that's tried to how count. many have been released. There, exactly. There haven't even been many to see. And like yeah. a lot of the ones that I saw are just like, really 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 indie shit of just like people that are hungry for you know any sort of words or whatever yep. a lot of good stuff though but like at the same time yeah there's nothing so yeah. for our thus far list this year we're going to tap into this this magical silver lining to quarantine yeah. um i i think i speak for both of us when i say a lot of us movie nerds have been using this time to catch up on older movies that we hadn't seen and just never found time for oh yeah and so as a result, we're going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and we're each going to list our top five of the year so far, yes, and then our top five favorite new-to-us movies of the year so far. Yes. And so this uh, this is actually going to, if Noah decides to jump on again to the uh, movie movie yeah. challenge, this, uh, this actually might be one he can complete. I know. And uh, yeah. So that's uh that's what we're doing. Uh, as you know, you can find I like to movie movie on everywhere that you can find oh, podcasts. A, I'm glad you said that because I would have just forgotten to do that until the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I like to movie. We use the numeric two, yeah. even though in the title we use the T O. But like also sometimes it's the two, and that's fine too. Yeah. Yep. Just See, it's all good. Google it. You'll find it's it. It's the same show. You'll find it. We're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And we're um, on YouTube now. Please look us we're up on YouTube and subscribe uh to our channel there uh because we're putting out like some cool stuff there we actually like we started putting a, a kind of a schedule together recently and uh mm -hmm. i think there's actually gonna be what it's gonna get exciting there's gonna be cool stuff so so we've got some cool stuff i'm particularly yeah. excited for our next episode and then also for our next proper episode we're gonna be doing something new as well i'm not gonna spoil yes. it yet but uh, we're going to be adding some value here. And of course, eventually, because we want your money, there will yeah. be a Patreon. But yeah. um, if you uh, want to give us money anyway, I'll yeah. hit you with my Venmo and then we'll have some money. Yeah. I'll split uh, everything with Gary. We'll put it all into the show. I, while we're doing plugs really quick right off the top, I would like to just give a quick shout out because I think uh, when, let me see, when is this? Yeah, this is perfect. Um, go to roughcutshirts.com. Uh, yes. They're going to have pre-orders up. I think they said June 10th is when they'll go up, but go to roughcutshirts.com and look for it. They're putting out a really cool shirt for, um, uh, what's that movie Sweet, called? Sweetback's Badass Song. Yes. The old uh, Van Peebles film that totally rocks if you can get your hands on it. I would really um, like to see it. I've never seen it, um, but I'm, I'm familiar with it. Anyway, they're putting out a very cool t-shirt of that, and the proceeds for that are going to go to the um, 
Minnesota uh, Freedom Fund, I believe is what it's called. Mm -hmm. um, uh, some of the proceeds of that will go to that. And uh, I just would like to uh, uh, put a plug out there for that because that is important to me. Uh, yeah, it's a, like that's a good shirt and it's for a good cause. And yeah. also Rough Cut has like really great stuff. And yes. one of our one of our friends of the show uh, is behind Rough Cut. And uh, so oh, yeah. it's just, yeah, definitely go out there and support that. Yeah, shout out to uh, the Cinepunks guys. Uh, they're, they're who do uh, Rough Cut. Um, Absolutely. There's a lot of people hurting right now. And so it's important that if you have a little bit of uh, something, you yeah. can uh, you can put it back out there in a positive way because yeah. uh, things are really, really wild. This week has been a really wild one as well. So, you know, movie, movie stands with anybody who is feeling like they are pushed down by the system. Hopefully the... Uh, the silver lining is maybe as we all talk about this new normal after this, maybe because of that flexibility, we can really push things in the right direction. I, I hope that that is what is happening. That's what I tell myself. Yeah, yeah. I am uh, I am definitely in support of people supporting the uh, Minnesota Freedom Fund, and you can do that through roughcutshirts.com. So Absolutely. I just kind of put that out there. Nice. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't mean to bum you guys out. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I wanted to, uh, I, I just wanted to, like, put that on Front Street. I, I think that's important right now. Yeah, uh, that's cool. So, uh, and let's uh, let's talk movies this year, because like you said, there's not been too many. Like I said to Tori uh, yesterday, I was like, she was like, oh, so you're going to do top five of the year so far. She was like, what is that even going to look like? I was like, listen, I would have given anything to not have to put Sonic the Hedgehog on this list, but that's what this list is going to look like. <laughs> right on. I honestly didn't even think of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but and it's funny because mine is also in flux because even doing five, yeah. there was like heartbreaking cuts. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, the standard caveat of this is all a snapshot. Of course, yeah. This is how I'm feeling is... today about the year so far. Yes. Um, so how do you want to do it? Do we want to do new movies or catch-up movies first? Let's do new movies first. I feel like that's okay. like probably what people are in. Then we'll have some fun talking about the new-to-us stuff, you know? Like that can be a little more freewheeling casual. Nice. I'm into that. Yeah. With my caveat for the new is just that... Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff, uh, there, there's a lot of things that I didn't leave. Like, there's one movie that I think is not going to make the list just because we have a pending episode about it. Yes. <laughs> you know what it is. And yes. I just wanted to talk about something else that we're not going to give time to later. As well as, like, on the new to me, of course my number one is taking of Pelham 123. That movie yes. changed my life this year, but we yep. did a whole episode on it, so it's not on the list. So I, so, sim similarly, like, Copland will not show up on my new to me list, even though it might have actually. You know, yeah, yeah. So we're it, this is a, a little bit about ranking stuff, but a lot about just uh, highlighting some things that we enjoyed. Yeah, uh, I am very interested to hear your this year list. Like I'm excited to start here because I'm just so curious what. Oh yeah, well I found that I'd seen a little bit more than I thought. Yeah, but very few. I, there there are like three or four things that like really rocked me. Um, yeah. Although that's become an increasing occurrence just as I grow even further into just loving movies for being yeah. movies so you i know. legitimately like all the movies on my list here i just it, like I, I i can start uh, just because i made a joke about it already like my number five would be sonic the hedgehog oh uh, right on i just enjoyed that movie a lot more than i thought i would and uh i don't know when i look back at the you know dozen movies i've seen so far this year that is one of the ones i would immediately rewatch. oh yeah i honestly I, I i was also quite fond of that movie yeah and but I I have no qualms saying that's probably the best time I had at the movies this year. Yeah, it was super. That fun. was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah everything like, about that was just. Th I I did make some heartbreaking cuts just to put this movie on the list. I would say, uh, like I'll just give a shout out to like uh, Gretel and Hansel, which I oh, think yeah. is like 
a very cool movie that I had like a good time watching in the theater. I almost like, shouted that out because I theater hopped over to Gretel and Hansel after Sonic the Hedgehog. There, there you go. So, I yeah, stayed they, there and, and went and saw another movie. Yeah, and but I, I went I went the way I Sonic. paid for a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make that clear. When I said theater hopped, I left and then oh, paid tickets. Yes, yes. So I just want to let everyone know because I wanted <laughs> to support that movie. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, and I like that movie. Like I, you know, but I just I don't know. Sonic the Hedgehog is like for some reason I would I would pick that movie to watch if it were on my shelf. I had a better time with Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, and we've talked about this a lot, and I think it probably came up on the show. My favorite thing about Sonic the Hedgehog, besides once again, besides finally seeing uh, what's his name in a leading role. Uh, oh, uh, Ben Schwartz. No, not Ben Schwartz. Uh, who's the lead guy? Uh, oh, Cyclops. Yeah. Uh, wait. Why can't I think of his James Marsden? James Marsden. Like so he's always, I like him so much. He's always second fiddle. Yeah. So here he like kind of got to be the star. But yeah. Jim Carrey showed the hell up. He's awesome, man. He's so fun. I think great. about that sucker punch he gives his little underling all the time. <laughs> he was so, so good. Funny. It's Jim Carrey's one of those guys that like, like when I watch something with Jerry Lewis, uh, yeah. doing his old Jerry Lewis stick, right. I I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I've never really understood Jerry. I, I think he's a phenomenal performer and all that, and I love King of Comedy. But like, I just the the thing that made Jerry Lewis famous, I don't get. And I feel like in that way, Jim Carrey is sort of our Jerry Lewis, because yeah. I imagine people that are like, take it out of our age set pretty far. And people are like, he's, he's just doing goofy shit. I don't get yeah. it. I, don't, I, I bet like 12 year olds are not as into uh, yeah. Ace Ventura today as we were when we were 12, you know? Dude, who was that? Someone tweeted something. I think you even told me about it. To the effect of, like, if you told 12-year-old me that there was a Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out with Jim Carrey in it, I would fucking explode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, but now as someone in their 30s, it's just like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but then weird. it turned out to be really cool. It was good, yeah. I like. I just, I like that movie a lot, so I put it on my list. Nice. It's very fun. Uh, I put this one on my list. Uh, it actually took, this is, and I will say this, this is a movie by a director that is represented on both of my lists. Mm. Um, so, Just... yeah, my number five is the Ben Affleck starring uh, oh. alcoholism basketball drama The Way Back. Yes. Um, I want to see It's the this. best performance I have ever seen Ben Affleck give. And make no mistakes, I think he is a tremendous actor for the most part. Yeah. Um, he's great here. What's his director's such, name? Uh, Gavin O'Connor. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, he I did know Miracle. I know what you put on your other list. You know exactly what I put on my list. It was Ender's Game, wasn't it? I'm just going to hold my shirt up there and then dip it down so you can see the logo. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I the think way he directed back, Ender's Game, right? I think he directed Ender's Game. I'm not positive. I haven't really followed him as like an auteur. It's just, but he did do The Accountant, yes, which he did. Yeah. was not the best movie, I don't think, but I have a special fondness for it because Ben Affleck is really excellent in it. I do kind of like the accountants i don't actually like the accountant but i kind of like the accountant yeah you know i'm on I mean? the same page yeah it's a uh i don't mean yeah, to speak Gavin in a weird way but like you know everyone knows ben affleck has had his uh his troubles with the drink sure and so i think a lot he's of been that pretty really open about that i think here. that's not you know i think that's well, okay to say because he's been open about it this is a very honest uh portrayal of alcoholism um, it shows the depths of it and it shows how pathetic oh. it can be while I'm, also keeping in its heart that it's like, you know, this is someone becoming a disease, not a person like losing their humanity, that kind of thing. It's, uh, it's really well done. It portrays therapy in a really good way. 
most of the time in movies, people are just like, I'll have one therapy, please. And then they're, (laughs) you know, it, it goes into that in a very real way. And, um, I think that, uh, I don't know. It just, it ends on a note that is not surprising. It's not big, but it's not where a movie like this you would expect to end would end, but it's, it's like warm and hopeful. And, you know, I don't know. It's, and there was, the basketball is the background to this per to a human story. But even so I remember in the theater watching it, a shot gets pulled off, like right at the clock on one of the games and everybody in the theater was just like, (laughs) (laughs) and like we all had that. So it's just, it's one of those movies that works. And I think it might be the best I've ever seen Affleck uh, perform. Well, I have a soft spot for Affleck. So I am actually like pretty interested in that movie, but I do have to apologize to director Gavin O'Connor who did not direct Ender's game. I've confused him with Gavin Hood. And Gavin Hood doesn't want to be confused with Gavin Hood. Gavin Hood, who did X Men's Origins Wolverine. Oh, did he direct that? No. Now we're confusing him with another guy. Is his name like Havin Good? <laughs> Which is a great name. Uh, oh no! Wait, I just I clicked actor instead of director. Maybe he did direct that movie. He, Which he I, I was thinking about this. You're correct. He you're did correct. The, yeah, yeah. I love that the calling it X Men Origins Wolverine suggests that there would be subsequent origins. And uh, <laughs> nope, we just keep getting that Wolverine origin. Yep, it's going. Yep, he's like Batman. Gavin, yeah. Oh, but Gavin Hood also did Eye in the Sky, which was yeah, fantastic. which I know you liked, right? Yeah, yeah. And Official Secrets, which was pretty good. I like that. Oh, right on. Yeah. Anyway, I'd like to be confused with him. I needed to make that correction on my goofy uh, Andrews. Yes, yeah, so Gavin O'Connor. Yes. The way back. Uh, who directed Warrior and, and uh, yes. The Accountant. And, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed The Accountant for what it was, I guess. It's the best way to say that. So I'm, I'm into that. But the one thing we went into with that, all that was how how good was Ben Affleck in that? Yeah, he was. I know. And I, I was talking about Ben Affleck in the first place. do good. Yeah, yeah, he's. Yeah. And I think he's good. He got like a raw deal because like he couldn't figure out like whether he was an action hero or whatever. You know, right. he's all things. I know. But, I uh, I like I, I I do sort of imagine the career he could have had as like a a sort of like more like stoner actor character. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Stoner mm-hmm. character actor. It's he's gonna give us character. a uh, a Jeff Bridges late in life. Right. Uh, I'm wise now. I've seen yeah. some things. He's yeah, gonna yeah. give us that. What I'm saying is remake Starman with Ben <laughs> <laughs> No, don't touch Starman. It's perfect. Oh, it'll get, it, that'll happen eventually. It'll happen. No, we're going to get Stargirl. And then it's like, you know what? I'll probably watch that. Yep. I'll watch it all. I don't care. Uh, my number four is uh, the documentary Scream Queen by Nightmare on Elm Street. I have not seen that yet. I know it's coming to Shudder soon and I would like to see it. It's very worth watching. It, uh, it, it like, it's a very good documentary uh, about Mark Patton, the guy that starred in um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, Freddy's Revenge. Uh, and it's sort of his story of being sort of, a, you know, a young uh, gay actor and starring in this movie where he's, you know, kind of meant to be playing straight, but then gets kind it's of... It's a very like, gay-coded movie, though. Yeah, yeah and, and sort of uh, his journey then as, like, a, a person sort of feeling like he got kind of a raw deal with the way uh, he was sort of portrayed in that movie, I would say, is kind mm-hmm. of the way. But really what I mean to say, what I really liked about this movie is it's a great documentary, but it also has like a pretty propulsive narrative uh, that feels very organic. Like Mark kind of has this mission that he's on over the course of the movie that the movie allows him to kind of accomplish by the end. 
And by the end of the movie, you are very much like on board with him for like what that mission is and why it's important. And mm-hmm. uh, it comes to like a very like nice conclusion. Like a like it ha- like for a documentary, it's got like a very tight narrative that has an actual kind of arc and like really great conclusion. If that makes sense. you know what I mean, like it, yeah, yeah. But it feels organic to it being just like his story. Um, and uh, he's like also just like a delightful human that uh, by the end of it, you're like, oh, I just really want to be Mark Patton's friend. That's like. But I like had very warm feelings about him by the end of the movie, which uh, so I just like liked it. A I'm lot. dying to see it. Yeah. I, I I read the article that was about it. Um, yeah. But uh, oh yeah, the and, and honestly, I'm pretty sure Freddy Two is is my favorite of the sequels. Okay. Um, nice. Well, because it that one kind of feels like the most like trash slashery. It, yeah. It feels the most like a Jason movie to me. Yeah, it yeah. has that tone to it, and yeah. so with you know of. Uh, uh, Nightmare. Uh, sorry, Friday the Thirteenth being my favorite franchise. Yeah, it, it kind of matches that tone of what I like out of a slasher, what I grew up on. And I remember being a teenager, and we would like laugh at quote unquote how gay it was. Yeah, and uh, and I'd just really be interested, you know, now as an adult having grown from that mentality and seeing it for what it is, and and you know just understanding that world better. Uh, I really am interested to hear him talk about that because that movie rocks and. I don't, that sounds cool. It, it's very interesting. He he definitely had like a, a sort of strange winding journey with his like relationship with that movie, and, and it's a lot about his journey to kind of like reclaiming that character and and uh, using that reclamation to like create a safe space for queer folk in horror. And it's, mm. it's pretty cool. It's it's really neat. Um, nice. I, I just really liked it. Yeah. Um, How old is he now? Boy, he's in his fifth. That would make sense because if he was in the '80s, there you'd imagine it was '20s, and people from the '60s are now in there. Yeah, cool. I believe he's in his '50s. I'm glad that he's doing something with it because a lot of those people just disappear. Yep. You know, a well, lot of people. Well, just, the you know, the documentary finds him living in Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like where they ultimately find him. They people had been trying to kind of like interview him for years, and it wasn't until they did that like really big, you know, that those really long documentary series that were made. There's yeah, like Never one. Sleep Again. And, yeah, 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 it's that one, I think. That was, like, the That's first the thing that one, he, yeah. like, agreed to do uh, in, like, you know, years and years and years, and they, like, found him just, like, living in Mexico, like, totally disconnected from the industry and the world. And so... And I imagine it, he, like, found the horror community through that. Yeah, yeah. It's realized sort of, yeah. there's, like, a place there. That's right. Cool. Well, and I think, I think decidedly wanted to ensure there was a good space there Nice. For for queer audiences, I think um, that's fucking cool. I love yeah. that that movement is really taking off now. Yeah, and even like the the first movies that fit into that mold and just are introducing it, you know, just queer characters without it being a thing, but like bringing in that flavor to it uh, without having to mask it. I'll say because I feel yeah, like yeah. it's always been in horror. There's right. no denying Hellraiser fits yeah, on yeah. that, but yeah. like. Yeah, seeing that become and and just this new color of horror coming out of it is really cool. Yeah. Because the shit's been good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's awesome. I, I feel like the horror world is one where, you know, if you've ever been to a horror convention, you know that, like, everybody there is cool. And, uh, you know, there's bad elements everywhere. And I just like this getting cooler is what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. I, it's it's a really good documentary. Uh, and I, th- yeah, nice. I think you're right. I think it's, it's on Shutter in a few weeks, I think. Right. I think, like, soon it hits Shutter. So um, people should look out for it. it. It's good. Nice. All right. Should I do my number four? Do it. 
I actually just pulled an audible on this one and, and swapped four and three. So oh, yeah. my number four is Come to Daddy. Uh, I am dying to see this, dude. It is awesome. Uh, yeah. Directed by Ant Timpson. Right. And um, it's uh, Elijah Wood plays a guy who is uh, his dad sends him a note one day and says, come visit me. And it's a dad that he's been estranged from for a very, very long time. Okay. His dad played by, oh no, what is that man's name oh. from uh, Pontypool? He's the star of Pontypool. Oh God, S something, Mc... no. Bruce McHattie. Yeah. Bruce McHattie. The problem is I was watching a movie by Bruce Robinson today and I kept crossing <laughs> the streams as I wrote this down. Uh, Bruce McHattie uh, plays his dad. And so Elijah Wood shows up and he's like kind of an effete, weird, like indie looking guy. He's got the short bangs and the earrings. He's wearing a baggy right. sweater. He's just, he's not what you would consider a classic masculine man, but he's very much. Uh, Stephen McCaddy. Stephen McCaddy. It's not, it's not even a Bruce. My God, I have to stop smoking so much. Pot. It's fine. It's fine. I got um, it. It's yeah. Thanks phone for being uh, my brain. Yeah. <laughs> because my brain is failing. Uh, yeah. He shows up and things are just not, <laughs> not what they seem. Sure. And it's very funny. Okay. Um, because of the clash of old school, tough guy, masculinity and new school, we should probably listen sometimes masculinity, uh -huh. that kind of thing. And like, uh, I don't know. It's it's just that clash is funny, and then it's fucking insane and violent and hardcore, and yeah. uh, it takes turns that you would not believe. And, uh, and that's I'm being very purposefully cryptic because yes, like yes. you've yeah, not it's, said it's just any one of more than I already was aware of the movie. So and that's all you can. And honestly, yeah. like you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Yeah. But to draw a comparison point, I would say that it reminded me a lot of Big Bad Wolves. If you've ever seen that. Oh, yeah. And that's a movie that sort of redefines what it's about every few minutes. Yes. And as you get more and more information, what you think about certain people starts to change. Yeah. And this has a fun, playful script like that, where it's just that. always ready to, to just yank a thing yeah. and red yeah. herring this and that. Yeah. And it is just so funny. Turning and, your allegiances, uh, which is like a very yeah. fun thing to happen. Uh, it's cool. Course. And it ends up having a heart. Um, I... I think I'm a little mixed on on where it lands, sure. but it's one of those things where I the more I sit with it, I I go that is the right ending, uh -huh. um, but uh, you know, whatever. I don't want to say too much, but yeah. I I couldn't recommend it enough. I think it's as I get more and more into the idea of of what a script looks like to write, I get more and more enchanted by scripts that work like these machines yeah um and you know that, that just have like that set them up knock them down like yep. a rube goldberg those kinds of movies watch pelham one two three is such a good example of that yep. and this just has that feel about it where i will watch this again a hundred times just so i can watch them set up the traps and then set them off and yeah. then set up another trap it's yeah it's real good so and you'll you will fucking love it dude I'm very excited to see that. Movie. You will love it. I, I'm assuming that is eventually going to hit Shutter. I don't know why I'm assuming that, mm. but I am. Uh, and I'm I just did the iTunes rental. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Those add uh, up, man. <laughs> just start buying shit. I know. You're I probably one of them, should. Them physically media players. Yeah. Uh, okay. My number three. Um, I'm. Uh, I chose Color Out of Space. Also, my number three. Let's dude, get into it. Nailed it. I love yeah. this. Probably so I, glad I made that switch. Dude, I really liked this movie, like, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I am not terribly familiar with the director's prior work. I actually am really only familiar with Stanley because of that documentary that was made about his attempts to make uh, 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 The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, that's a good documentary. It is a really good documentary. And yeah. I've never even actually seen that movie. 
I just have oh, only dude. seen the documentary about it. You should watch that movie. I know, I want to. It's yeah. not good, but all of the stupid things that they mock Brando for bringing to the production are also the best parts about the movie. <laughs> right, yeah. It's And if you go into it knowing that Val Kilmer was just an inhuman monster on that movie, right. uh, it's really a lot of fun to watch. Because uh-huh. you're like, you were a monster over this? <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I, uh, so I, I don't have, I know you have seen some of Stanley's other movies, right? Like you watched Hardware this year? I've seen one. I watched Hardwire this year and I honestly didn't love it. Okay. Um, I think that in terms of like making a really compelling looking sci-fi movie on a very cheap budget, it's almost revolutionary. I'd say okay. it, it looks cool, yeah. but it's, it's, I did not really like it that much to tell you okay. the truth. I just okay. thought it was kind of dumb and turgid. It didn't really have yeah. energy. And yeah. so I watched that because of color out of space and color out of space feels the opposite of that to me. Yes. This movie really, really had me like, like really keyed in it's just very well done and it's like to me it's remarkable that it's made by a director that as far as i know has not really worked at all in like 20 years yeah you know what i mean like i don't understand how he made a movie that like looks this good and flows as well as it does especially as a lovecraft story where it's like they're they are in general sort of a little bit amorphous you know what i mean like yeah um like I just think it's like a pretty remarkable movie, especially. From I a imagine guy like, he's a fan of Lovecraft. Sure. Oh, he definitely is. You like hardcore sci-fi people don't cite him as an influence, and it's well, because of like the bigness of his ideas. But I feel like Richard Stanley's one of those guys. He probably lives in a castle that he had painted black, so he probably like really loves Lovecraft. He uh, straight up is trying to make a trilogy of Lovecraft movies. Uh, yes. This being the first one, the the. The main character of this movie, whose name I can't remember now. I knew it for a while, but now I can't think of what that character's name was. Um, but uh, essentially, that's going to be like the main character that you follow through all three of these sort of like Lovecraft stories. And nice. man, Richard Stanley lived, you know, on some like farm in like New Zealand for the last like 15 years and literally did go to like a castle all the time that supposedly had some kind of significance. I don't know. Like you're li- everything you're saying. He was like that. Yeah. You're told precisely right. Like I have I this image that like he would go to the uh, he would like just go to the grocery store every day in his leather duster. Yep. And he'd walk in and be like, "What's market price for bass?" And then they'd <laughs> yeah. be like, uh, "It's thirty-five, blah blah blah." And then he'd go, "Pathetic." And then he'd right. leave. And for thirty years, he's never bought a single fish. I don't know why I have that in my head, <laughs> but that's what I picture. And they're always like, "You can't smoke in here, sir." And he's just like, "Pathetic." Yeah. <laughs> That's what I see, but that's who I want making my movies. Uh, dude, I really like this movie, and I think Cage is great in this movie. I mm-hmm. think it, you know, there there uh, is maybe a little bit of an inclination to sort of go like, yeah, it's that thing that he does, but I, I think he's actually like uh, uh, doing it like exceptionally well here, and maybe a and little he's bit doing different. something different with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I someone and I for, I don't remember who, but someone on the internet made a tweet where they when this came out and they refuted that criticism of like, oh, Nick Cage is just doing his thing. And they said, if anybody else was playing it, you know that the director would be like, what we want you to do here is kind of like, I don't know, channel your Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it, 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 it's a role that is suited yes. to him, yes. you know, so when he does this thing. I think what I liked about that movie the most, and the reason that it is on this list, I joked to you after I watched it, and this is actually true, there was a point where, and this is another one that I had to just iTunes rent, so I was watching it on an iPad. Okay. And there was a point where even with the iPad, I just was watching it, and I just had both hands in the air, yes. mouth agape, because yep. it was just washing over me with this just pure insanity. And that, 
to me is the key of why it works and why Stanley nailed it is that Lovecraft always goes to the place of I just witnessed something otherworldly and found out that it's actually a normal thing. And now that I know that, I'm functionally insane because yeah, I now yeah. know more beyond just beyond what I what I'm supposed to know. Some sort of carnal rule has been broken here on the level of existence. Yeah. And I have been to the other side and back. I can no longer function as a human. That is always what Lovecraft stories are. And they're typically told from the point of view of someone being like, oh, hello, traveler. Let me tell you a story about my neighbor and how he went mad right. and what he told us it was. Right, right. And so this just removes that last level. I mean, it sort of brings that traveler idea. It does, it. yeah. But this most accurately captured to me a visual and auditory depiction of what that would look like. Yeah. Uh, of what it would actually look like to a character experiencing a complete break in reality that they are being forced to witness against their will. That is... You know, even at the end of Reanimator, they pull out the tentacles and all that, and it's yeah. weird. But you know that th- that's not what we really remember Reanimator for. I, I honestly always forget that that's there. Yes, and that's a Lovecraft uh, adaptation. But this like really goes there. It goes to the point of insanity. Yeah. And I felt a little crazy watching it, and that has yeah. never happened to me in a movie. So credit, man. I know it. it this I, is why it it's is, on the list. And it's like. Again, it's like when you're looking at like the dozen new movies that I saw this year or whatever, it's like this one is like remarkable. This one is yeah. like the one that I want to like buy a copy of and just like give to people. Be like, and watch it, this yeah. movie. This is like wild. You know, you're not going to love it, but you're not yeah. going to sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that moment. I'll say when it goes like the visual depicts going inside someone's head where they are being shown through their brain, a complete alien reality. Yeah. And like when it got there, I was just like. They could roll credits here. Yes, I and know. And I would be like, this is amazing. And then there's like probably another half hour of the movie beyond the I point. Know. So I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't possibly wild. spoil it for you. That says nothing, no, what I, know, I just yeah, said. Yeah. Says no, nothing. Yeah. The, it, believe me, there, there are so many wild things in that movie that Dan and I have like completely avoided even, like we haven't even obliquely referenced the totally wild shit that uh, that movie brings to the table. I think it's important to reference that this is the first time that while doing Nick Cage shit, yeah. he like actively started doing a Trump. Yeah, he does. And, like he started going there and I would like to watch it again with the idea of, is he being goofy or is there some sort of commentary being made here? Cause I, I want to say that there is I the movie is. feels smart like that, yeah. but I'm happy for it to be dumb. Yes. But uh, that, that was a really interesting choice and that like lit up my brain a little bit. But by that point I was already crazy. So yeah. I couldn't, uh, I, I didn't really get to think of it on that level until after the fact. There's a there's a scene where he talks about his father, and he and he talks about like not being like appreciated by his father. I think is a kind of what he's trying to say, and that is the moment where he slips into like a very heavy Trumpian thing when he's like talking yeah. about. It. And that, to me, that was I think that is a very conscious choice on his part yeah. to have these sort of vague Trumpisms to the character that then when he's talking about like basically being like, you know, living in the shadow of his father and not living up to him and not being able to, to like, you know, basically receive any love from his father. He really slides into it. Like, I don't think any of that is accidental. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's his commentary on the man. And then also like the kind of man that he is. That right. kind of makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. I actually like that read quite a bit. Yeah. Because it's it's 
And I think there is a little bit, even in his relationship, like with his son, you know, uh, yeah, I I would like to watch that again with that in mind, because I think it's worth pondering over. I think it is. We all make fun of Nick Cage, but he is a he's a weirdo, but he is a much uh, smarter actor than a lot of folks are willing to give him credit for. He's just busy because he bought too many castles. Yeah, they can't all be gold. He is a thoughtful and conscious weirdo. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Um, uh, very weird, but I thoughtful and, and conscious of it. I think. Jenna told me this story. She was working in New Orleans, and she went to. There's a graveyard there where a lot of people have like plots that they bought, That's and it. Nick Cage has his his plot already bought out with his gravestone, and it's a giant pyramid. Yes, sir. And over the years, uh, women have gone to this grave and put on heavy lipstick and then kissed it to leave a lipstick print Uh and part of what you pay for when you buy a cemetery plot like this is upkeep and one time nick cage apparently came to visit and found that as part of the upkeep they had cleaned off all of the kisses Uh to which he angrily asked where all my kisses go where are my kisses i'm I'm more of a kiss collector (laughs) i'm a kiss projector oh that sounds (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah, and that was like the new thing. It's like no, no, no. You do not clean the kisses off of uh, Smoochie's so little thing here. Smoochie. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Fucking fantastic. What's up? Um, Jenna, Jenna just leaned in and said, "My kisses." Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's the funniest fucking thing. Oh my god. Yeah. I right. He has like some Egyptian inscription written on that pyramid that is his tombstone as well. I forget what it is. It Wait, like, Jenna. It means, like, all is everything or something like that? Do you happen to remember what the inscription was on his tombstone? Uh, it's, like, ad hoc and, um, unum or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was the craziest one. That's it's, the funniest thing. screaming at <laughs> So, Jenna, I was just on a podcast, like, like, literally two days ago where they were talking about Nick Cage's grave. I, so I was Googling this. And they were showing me a picture, like, you know, we were, like, on Zoom or whatever, and so somebody, like, shared their screen, like, showed a picture of it. And so they're talking about the gravestone, but I'm just zeroing in on the inscription. I can see the inscription. I'm like, what the hell is that? And so I'm looking at it. And so, like, I Googled it, and when I typed that phrase in, the first Google result is the inscription on Nick Cage's tombstone. (laughs) It's not like it's from anything. No. It's like just a thing that he wanted written in Egyptian on his fucking pyramid tombstone. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't really mean anything, too. Like, it means, like, live life eternally or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it means, like, everything. It means, like, all is everything or some, all like, fucking, like, yeah. circular nonsense like that. It yeah. made me laugh so hard that the first Google result for that phrase was his own fucking tombstone. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, the lady yeah. that gave us the, like, grave graveyard tour when I was in New Orleans, she was like, and this is Nick Cage's. Don't kiss it. <laughs> there was like so stick so on it, and she said they clean it off because there's like they have to preserve the historic yeah. graveyard. It's the oldest graveyard in New Orleans. Yeah, but fans his kisses. That is so funny. That's scary. Yeah. That is so funny. Um, go for it. Little, little cultural exchange. All right, I'm plugging back in. So long, thank you. That was worth it. All right, we good? Yeah, good. All right. Yeah, I, I, last week when I did it, I hit the mic and then pulled no, it out. I think that might have been after we were recording. It's probably yeah, a recording thing. Probably. It's, it's right. technology. We got it. All right, should we move to our twos? Since, yeah, let's uh, move to twos. That was just, so you would be up then with your two. Okay, yeah. Uh, my number two, I don't know. I'm curious if maybe we're going to fucking nail another one here. I don't know. 
I got The Invisible Man as my number two movie. The Invisible Man is probably like it, it would 100% be in my top five. It could potentially be my one or two. I left it off of my list entirely because we have an episode coming up about yes, it. We're do and it I actually. knew it would be on your list. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, but I am with you. This should be on my list. I just wanted to, it, I it, figured it would, it would be here. I just think it's excellent. Like, I don't, I it's think so we good. are going to do an episode on it. So we don't need to get into it. Uh, uh, um, we don't need to get into it too, too hard. Um, but, uh, I just love this movie. I, I just thought this movie was great. I, it, it is like, this is, um, you know, it, it has a Terminator 2 reference in it. I think I can say that without there being like, you know, I think that's pretty yeah. spoiler-free. There's a Terminator 2 reference in it. And it feels like, it feels like this generation's version of that movie. Like, it feels like a movie that will run on TNT forever. And I mean that as like a good thing. You know what yeah. I mean? yeah. I this was I think about this movie a lot, but every time I think about it, I think about it for a different reason, and I think that's a mark of a good movie because sometimes I'll think about it in terms of like the themes, and it I, I think in that term it's a home run. It just like really hits upon a lot of prescient stuff, but uh, timeless stuff, and I think universally relatable stuff that uh, you know is is at the heart of a lot of of interesting things. I don't want to spoil the podcast, it's fine, yeah. um, but then I think about it on a craft level. Yeah, and yeah. I just think of like really how there there's so many moments in that that are etched into my head. And I saw that movie forever ago, only the one time, and I was like in a bad place because I had just gotten over really bad food poisoning. Oh, so yeah, I was like right. half tripping watching that movie, yeah. yet it's still seared into my brain. And there's yeah, so I many agree. things uh, I think about it in terms of just being, you know, a successful reboot of a classic in yeah. terms of it being, you know, the the follow up movie to what I think was one of the great movies of the decade, last decade upgrade, yeah. you know, yeah. coming from Lee Winnell, it, it just, it works. And I don't think there's any doubting right now. I, I think Elizabeth uh, uh, oh. Moss is just like, she, she's like the goat, man. She just is so good. She's the best working she today. Is excellent in that movie. She's like so good in that movie. So, so good. Yeah, I just, that is one of those movies where it's like every, like throw any department at me. Like music, lighting, like uh, cinematography, acting, like any of the departments that would have gone into like, and it's like, yeah, that was great. Yep, that was perfect. Yeah, that was amazing. Like it's every, it's one of those movies that's firing just on all cylinders. Every mm -hmm. single choice is like as uh, excellent. And this is a great show people movie. Yeah, I oh, feel yeah. like this is like, you know, uh, like you know, a movie, and it doesn't really remind me of it, but I think it'll serve the same purpose in my life. You know, a movie I love to show people, Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. And like, just it's the same kind of that. thing where it's like, you're showing them a good movie and yeah. if they like it, you know, they're cool. Yeah. And I feel like Invisible Man, like, I can't wait to show it to people. Yeah. Um, that's, there's a, there, it's playing at, at the drive-in in Jersey tomorrow and oh. we're talking about maybe going cause they have like, hey, as long as you stay in your car. Yeah. So we might do Invisible Man there. That's a cool idea. That would be yeah. a drive-in movie. Yeah, it could be cool. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I left this off my list because it. I figured it would be on your list. It probably would have been my one or two of the year, fair, but I just fair. figured we could get more movies in the other way. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's. It's a really just. Yeah. It's a home run. And we're gonna we're gonna do an episode on it. I think uh, in the you know coming week month something. Yeah, there, in the there near will future. Be an episode for it. Yeah. Jenna will be on it. You'll you heard yes. the uh, the voice. Yeah. Uh, Tori and Jenna are very much looking forward to joining us to uh, talk about the Invisible Man. It's gonna so. be yeah. We got that and Black Dynamite with them coming up. Which yes, is fucking hilarious. Should be really fun.
Um, so go ahead. What's right. your number two? My number two was The Assistant, a film by Kitty Green. She did that casting John Bonet movie. Okay, okay. What is this movie? I've heard a lot of people talk okay. about it. I don't know anything about it. You're going to love it. Okay. Um, it's, I think it's only like 83 minutes long. So Perfect. I already love it. Yeah. And um, it is a day in the life of an assistant to a Harvey Weinstein-esque power producer. Now I know what movie this is. Yeah. He's never on camera. Right. Never once. It's not about him. Right. It's not about his crimes. It's not about that. It's about all of the little injustices that this assistant silently puts up with on her first day. None that seem aggressive in a vacuum, but when added up over time, yeah. you realize how oppressive it can be to be in this position, to be yeah. this woman in a workplace working for a guy who is a bad dude, uh, working mostly with dudes uh, on the lowest position, um, but also expected the most of and all of that. Yeah. Um, in the trailer for it, someone's review is quoted, and they called it discrimination by a thousand cuts. And uh, I don't think that there's a better way of describing what this movie is. Yeah. And uh, so and so it's one of those where it, I think it's a cool eye-opener, because it was certainly one, like, I was watching, by the end of it, I was like, man, that that was a lot. Yeah. Um, but minute to minute, it doesn't seem like it. It's, ah, that's nothing. Ah, that's nothing. Sure. Ah, that's yeah. nothing. And by the end, it's like, that's everything. That's everything. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, so it's it's a frustrating watch, but it's very well made. They do, you know, like there's fun touches that aren't gaudy, but could be like people who are superior to her in the office are never shown. Uh, they they're only shown from the shoulders down, and just always in past. So you never see Pretty their faces or anything like yeah. that. And so whereas that could be a gaudy choice of like, look at that distinct class separation message. It, it's it's not. It's like kind of just textured into the background. You don't think about it until you realize it. It's not called yeah. attention to, which ends up making it seem very real because a lot of us don't know what our superiors look right. like because we're subservient to them. Our heads are bowed. Yeah, and so yeah. it's just it's just a mean ass little. Uh, it's a thriller where nothing happens, but it is positively thrilling and it is powerful. It's upsetting. It's got a little bit of humor. And it's just, a, it's a very well-crafted movie that serves as themes. I, I gave it five stars on my letterbox. Not that that's an uncommon thing. Sure, but uh, sure. it's certainly, it's just one of those movies where I go, you know, it didn't, I mean, it definitely blew me away, but it's it's not an explosive movie, but it's one that it's like, they just calculated something perfect. Yeah. You, you, you can't change anything about it. And the theme that it's supposed to drive home, it just like, it just needle in the heart. It just pinpoint. It, it really nails it. I, I fucking love The Assistant. And so everybody should watch it. It's it's great. You have it's a great me. movie. I yeah. would like to see it. It's, a, see it. it's better than my number one movie, but my number one movie is one that I think I enjoyed more. Yeah, fair. So, yeah, it is, man, The Assistant is just great. So Kitty Green, uh, I have to watch your other movie, and uh, I want more. What did you say their, uh, their other movie was? Casting John Bonet. Right, okay. It's like okay, a documentary yeah. where they're, I, I actually don't understand it. It's some like meta meta conceit. Right. Um, I, I Jenna watched it and she said it was like just okay. It didn't yeah. like, quite get there. But uh, I'm I'm curious just to see it with assistant in my rear. Yeah. And uh, just see if I can see some of that filmmaking in there. And maybe I'll love it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she may have done other stuff, but that's all I'm familiar with. Right. Okay. I can look it up. No, that's okay. Yeah, dude, curious. you should watch it. And I think Tori I, would like good. it as well. Yeah. It does sound like something she would do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. 
Nice. Um, all right, are you ready for me to move on to my number uno, my numero uno 2020 movie Yes. Sorry, I was looking at her other movies, and the only – she has a, a short film called The Face of Ukraine, casting Oksana Bayul. Okay, so that's probably the the short film that led to casting Jovenet. And then a yeah. full-length, a feature-length, Ukraine is not a brothel. Oh, why do um, I feel like I've heard of that? I don't know, but I, I'm definitely going to look it up. Ukraine's topless feminist sensation Femen has created a media frenzy across Europe. But before they take the world by storm, these bold and beautiful women must confront the dark and perverse forces of the that power their organization. That Whoa. sounds very thematically uh, uh, adjacent to yeah. the assistant. Very much. So, yeah, huh. I'm into it. Let's check it out. Uh, okay, my number one movie of 2020 is going to come as no surprise to you, I don't think, uh, but I, I chose this for a lot of reasons. It is a movie that I saw today uh, called, it's kind of called two titles, Speed Vapor slash Racer Wave. Okay, so... Oh, like, they're wanna, both so good! Yes, I want to talk about this. So this is like literally a fan edit. This is a weird thing for me to make my number one movie of 2020 so it far. It is on Letterboxd, though. So it I'm going to call it official. It is on Letterboxd. Uh, here's the thing. It's it's like 12 different filmmakers just made... They took Speed Racer and re-edited it and put a bunch of like what what is based... You know, the vaporwave aesthetics, if you're familiar with what that is, all over it. So they... they you know, I think one of them literally... Uh, actually, like, recorded some of Speed Racer onto VHS tapes and then, like, banged on the VHS player while they were, like, replaying. You know, you can, like, literally, you can tell that it's, like, yeah, actually yeah. a video, you know? You fucking um, with the tracking, yeah. There's, like, so there's a lot of interesting stuff like that. Anyway, it's basically an hour-long music video. It's, like, an hour-long Vaporwave video that is just, you know, Speed Racer re-edited and recontextualized with all of this music and video effects and stuff. I think it's the most entertaining thing I've seen all year. I genuinely mean that. I just loved watching it. It was so fun to watch. Uh, but honestly, the reason I'm kind of putting it on this list is I just feel like 2020 has been so fucking weird. We can only do a top five of the year so far. It's changing all the rules. So I'm changing the rules. I put a fan oh, yeah. in it. It's my number one movie of the year. You know what? It's not, not a movie. Yeah. I wa- Somebody I made it. I watched it on a live Twitch stream. You can't even watch this movie if you want to. I watched it on a live Twitch stream. I I, uh, I I would like to see this. Yeah. Um, uh, what are the two titles again? I know it's Speed Vapor. Speed Vapor slash Racer Wave. Racer Wave. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic. It's great. Yeah, it, I mean... It's legitimately yeah. great. I encourage people to seek it out. I think if you know what you're doing, there are probably ways to find it. But it's just these filmmakers have been kind of streaming it on their Twitch channels uh, over the last couple of days. And uh, I happened to catch it while it was up there for a little while. I've heard so much about it that I would not be surprised if somebody showed interest in making it tangible and sellable. Right. And something tells me that the Wachowskis are probably cool with it. I, because I they seem to be so into the idea of like, what can we do with checking the reality of film? You know? Right. And even even their their lesser works all tap into like what weird shit can we get done? Wachowski's yeah. rock. So I would not be uh surprised if either of them said, Yeah, go for it. And that's, I'll say this, I'm a little bit underselling it by just saying it's like an hour-long music video. I don't want to oversell it, so I'm sort of underplaying it that way. There's some really legitimately interesting stuff that these filmmakers are doing with this footage. Um, they, they are, like, recontextualizing something. Like, uh, there, um, there's a scene in the movie where uh, Speed and his girlfriend Trixie 
have like kind of a, a heartwarming conversation during a beautiful sunset and end up kissing. And it's like the closest thing to anything sexual that happens in the movie. And they just take that footage and they edit it in a way that makes it really sexy. And like, like it's a sex scene, even though it's like just these two characters eventually kissing. That sounds it's so cool. Great. It's like, re- so there's like actually very interesting, I think like filmmaking stuff going on here where they're, they're really, I don't know, they're stretching the boundaries of, of film and what it is. And I just, I loved it. I, I thought it was fascinating. And I, I just, I, if you can find it, I recommend watching it because it, it is truly interesting and cool. Sometimes people are really cool. Yeah. And I just figured, you know, we're doing this episode in quarantine. We can only do a top five because you can't see movies right now. All the rules are changing. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to do something weird and fun. And uh, I think it's a valid choice. Valid choice. Yeah. Uh, in the whole battle of like this is or isn't cinema, right? I fall on the side of, uh, you know, if it's a moving picture, it's cinema. Everything yeah. else is genre. And, and uh, that's, I watched uh, it. Yeah. It's you know? it's a movie to watch, so yeah. it counts to me, and it sounds like it's fucking awesome. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, and you know what? We're all about it. If these people out there want to make movies, and they can somehow leg up on this and make more movies, uh, you that's know, a win. Uh, Ariel Gardner is one of the filmmakers' names, and I watched. That sounds very his, familiar. I watched one of his short films afterwards called Houses. That was also very good and interesting, and sort of like inventive stylistically. I would say. Um, and you can find that on Vimeo. He has a, a Vimeo channel that you can find that on. Nice. Uh, in, in fact, if you'll give me one second to indulge me, I mean, I don't really know all of these people's names, but uh, Dave Seeger, uh, Kimmy Tibetino, Jake Robinson, uh, Rob Massey, Josh Sasson, uh, Austin Stott. I think these are their names. Ted Marsden. Like I, they, I'm just trying to get these names out. Uh, Ellie Pritz. I think these are the names of the filmmakers. Some of them, anyway. Um, nice. Uh, if you look up at Spiffy the Dog uh, on Twitter, or Twitch, um, um, you will find links to this and all of these these filmmakers. Uh, just to shout. If them, my last name was Sasson, I, I would sincerely hope that I would have the the forethought to name my son like Andrew or something, <laughs> just so that he could be a Sasson. Indeed, indeed. Because uh, Josh Sasson, it's a cool name, but like yeah. you could be Ahmed Sasson. Right. I don't yeah. know why that's the. Let's think of. Remember Ahmed Zappa? No. He was one of the Zappa kids. Oh, sure. that sounds okay. like Ahmed Sasson to me. Right. But uh, yeah, he was the one and he like became a game show, whatever. Okay, uh, so What's my that? number one was actually, a, a, it was an HBO film. So it is a uh, slightly different- Also making uh, creative choices, got it. Yes, uh, uh, directed by Corey Finley. It was the Hugh Jackman, uh, Allison Janney, uh, Ray Romano, uh, scholastic crime caper drama comedy, Bad Education. I've heard very good things about this. It's fantastic. It's a little bit I, Tanya, because it's a real-life story being told in a character, you know... Scorsese uh, cocaine uh, fuel. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. like a little bit, you know, it's it's just... They, they like, funized it. They made yeah. it fun. But yeah. So it's funny, but it's, like, really good drama. It's This is one where I, I would put this up there with Prisoners as, like, a career best for Jackman. He's just so fantastic in it. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's about a school that sort of innocently enough falls into using the expense account for a little thing here and a little thing there and a little bit here and a little bit there. And it adds up to a sizable amount and it Mm. becomes clear that the hammer is about to drop. So it becomes a bureaucratic scramble to figure out how to navigate the situation. 
And it's based on a true story, and it's just wild. And it's one of those things that every couple turns, a new development happens where you go, oh, well, well, now you're kind of not so bad. That uh-huh. makes you in the clear. But you, who I thought was cool, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and then they'll like flip again and be like, well, that was nice of you. And you, you thought you got off easy, but now you're a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And so it's just a bunch of people that are pieces of shit in different ways that were given a little too much money and power. And with the best of intentions, yeah. at first started yeah. doing it here and there and then it got crazy and you know you got to pay the piper but it's oh, really shit. really funny and it's just it's very well made it it really watches it's just a clean ass movie it Is works same filmmaker as thoroughbreds am i right about yes that? yes yeah. same yeah. filmmaker yeah. thoroughbreds cool. and cool. so it's um i don't know i just enjoyed it so much and and it's just such a fun watch but it is thematically appropriate into the ideas of just you know following the money and and you know just it's 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 got its finger on the pulse it's one of those stories where you're like of course even these ostensibly good people fucked this up right you know um and became and became corrupted by their power it's yeah it's that sort of a thing and uh yeah just and across the board there's just a lot of people show up where you're like oh they're in this great and a great little performance Mm -hmm. from them um it has uh i don't know how to pronounce his name is it uh Raphael castle castle from uh, yeah yeah I don't know how to pronounce his name, but from uh, Blind Spotting, right? Yeah, yeah, he shows up in it, and he has a great role. Um, Yeah, it's it's just fantastic. I I couldn't recommend it enough, and it's it's an enjoyable movie despite being like pretty nuts. Uh (laughs) It gets nuts, and yeah, and by the end you feel really bad about humanity, but also like pretty good about our ability to get to the bottom of shit if we need to. Okay. It's it's good stuff. I don't know. I liked it a lot. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think that one's like on Prime, right? Like I could watch that right now if I want. It's HBO original. HBO, right? Okay. So it's on HBO. So okay. if you have HBO Max, then uh, you've got that. Awesome. All right. Nice. Uh, so that was our top five of yeah. the uh, of 2020 so far, with so, more caveats than ever. Yes. Uh, yes. Are there any sort of uh, uh, honorable mentions? You just want to drop a title? Uh. Because I want to say I loved Capone. Yeah, I love True History of the Kelly Gang. Yeah. Um, Butt Boy is a very interesting indie oh, film shit. that I think is Heard really a lot that. of fun. Yeah. Um, and the other one was this weird found footage movie called Murder Death Koreatown. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's found footage being done in a new way. And it might not be to your flavor, but if it is to your flavor, it's going to fucking like really unsettle you. I was really into that. Cool. Um, yeah. So that was a. Those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, Capone was real fucking crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see that. Yeah, I mean, Dude, like, right He's in a diaper with a carrot in his mouth and his golden machine gun. You're like, this is fucking just what's yeah. happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's nuts, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I thought Gretel and Hazel was, like, a cool-looking movie with a great score. And, uh, yeah, That had uh, a great score. Yeah, uh, you know, What Did Jack Do is uh, David Lynch's short film that's, like, oh, new yeah, to yeah. Netflix this year, you know? That, that was that cool. Was really good <laughs> really funny yeah that was what that was one of those times where i was like is this the bit that i think it's gonna be yeah. okay it is yeah. and then it became like well how long are they gonna stick with this bit oh, yeah. and then it went so long that i was like they're just fucking owning this like it, it just it did that yeah. thing where it went so far that you're like i think it's losing me and then it comes back you go oh no i just wasn't ready for it uh-huh. it's majesty yeah that yeah. shit is brilliant i enjoyed that um yeah but i'm actually but genuinely more excited to talk about this list 
just like the new to us uh, stuff this year because I've been watching a lot of new to me things this year. Oh yeah, so, I've watched a lot of new to me stuff. So now we're going to go over our top five of the new to me because one of the benefits of quarantine is you got time. So a lot of catch-ups happening. Well, uh, I just need to say, this is very funny to me. Skype just gave me a notification that was like, hey, make sure you tell people you're recording them. If you want this to be legal, you tell them you're recording them. Wait, we're recording? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I just can't believe it literally gave me a little notification that was like, hey, make sure you tell them. Have you been releasing these for years? Yeah. I, thought Sorry, we're I didn't mean to interrupt your, like, one of the best, smoothest intros you've ever given, but I just, I had to, I just couldn't believe it. Is that really one of the best? Oh, Ooh. I don't know. It just that <laughs> sounded like a funny way to say that. Oh, no, it's all good. And so, yeah, so we would like to go now. This is, uh, I, you're right. I, I'm also more excited about this list because uh, I've seen some really great stuff. Yeah, uh, I've caught up with a lot. And, um, I should also mention, you know, I said that I left uh, Pelham One Two Three off because we did an episode about that. I we also left I also left Cool Hand Luke off because I just I want to request an episode about that. Yes, please. I love I um, saw that in high school and loved it. I haven't seen yeah, it. That since is I like love to rewatch it. I feel like they they somehow uh, like audience tested that with me there, even though I don't <laughs> remember it because yeah. it just like worked for my shit. That was incredible. All right. And uh, also, since we already talked about Sweet Smell of Success oh, on yes, our episode yes. uh, for Ninja Turtles, I left that off, but I, I really loved that. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, let's You want see. me to go first this time so you can get the number one spot? Uh, uh, boy, you know, I'm trying to figure out now. I just realized I don't even know if I've been using the right microphone this whole time. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, yeah, you start off. Do it. All right, so my number five is actually a movie that has probably been on my shame list for the longest because it's a movie that so many people in my life have been like, have you ever seen this? You would love it. <clears throat> and then I just never did. And then finally I sat down and watched With Nail and I. Oh, I've never seen that. It is great. Yeah? One of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And Richard E. Grant, like, goat status on that. Uh, it's him and this other guy. They are two just very entitled drunk idiot actors that decide we're going to take some time off and just stay at your uncle's house in the country. But they get out there and like nobody put food anywhere. So now they've got to get some food. And so now they've got to do, and it's just these two just drunk, entitled, stupid, stuck up idiots just existing for a couple days by the seat of their pants because they kind of have to. Okay. And they're just selfish and shitty and, and, it, they, you hate them, except they're so much fun to hang out with, and every line is just killer. I was I was howling watching this, but it is that very dry English humor. But it's got that wicked streak of like a train spotting. Um, mm. It's just got that wicked streak of realness. Like Richard E. Grant's a fucking hardcore alcoholic in this, uh -huh. but he's also a very stuffy actor who's very about his craft. Like he's <laughs> just one of those. And you know how dare you if somebody slights him even in the tight you know slightest way it's that kind of a thing yeah uh but it's just dark and fucked up and mean-spirited and just brilliant everything about it is is adorable in the strangest <laughs> way and uh i don't and I, I think that it actually comes to some really interesting conclusions about what it means to be alive and to express 
And uh, you, you get the frustration that these guys have because they want to express so hard. They are actors, uh-huh. but they're fuck-ups and they're shitheads. And so, and uh, there's a character in it that I never realized was being homage to in the Wayne's World movies. Mm. Do you remember the roadie guy, Wayne's friend, that sort of talked like this and he had stories about everybody because he told Jim Morrison and blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. him? Yeah. He's in the movie. He's the third like main character, and he's their drug dealer who's done everything and seen everything and is just totally mad chill. <laughs> and they reference it so much in Wayne's World, and every other line, I was like, I, I was going, that was a Wayne's World reference, was, even though it came out in uh, 1987. So right. yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. I, you, you'll be, I thought it was going to be one of those older movies where I go, that's pretty funny. It's a good movie. But I was legit, like, really having a, a chortle at it because it was right. just funny as hell. But real good. And it was by Bruce Robinson, who doesn't make enough movies. I watched okay. his The Rum Diary today and was very into it. So oh, oh, I want to see some okay. more Bruce Robinson. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, well, my number five, I think you've seen this movie. Um, I, I watched it early in the year this year, and I loved it. Um, Aniara? The, oh uh, yeah, the, man! The French uh, sci-fi movie. Right? That movie tripped me out, man. I got like real. I got real. Uh, it like fucked me up on the idea of mortality and time at one point that I paused yeah. it because I was like, ah, oh, I have to just kind of sit here and be high for a minute. It's I got real fucked up by it. Pretty wild. Uh, it's directed by Pella uh, Kagerman. I'm not. I, I could be saying pronouncing these names wrong. And uh, Hugo Lelia. Um, and and uh, they wrote and directed it, and it's like. It's a really good science fiction movie uh, about, you know, uh, honestly, if you remember the trailers for the movie Passengers, it's it's like kind of a similar premise. It's about it does what Passengers thought it did and failed to do. Right. Yeah. It's this big space station, basically, that is meant to be this like almost like Titanic of space, basically, this like elite cruiser that is going to take. Basically, a lot of like the elites of our population off world to a new planet that they're going to sort of inhabit because mm-hmm. our world is becoming less livable. And I think one of the interesting, interesting things about the movie is that without really saying it, it's very clear that the premise of the movie is like, uh, like most people have been left behind. Like the yeah. Earth is becoming uninhabitable and the people we are spending time with are the people rich enough to be able to leave and not have to deal with the apocalypse. Basically. Yeah, largely considered the best of the best that right. humanity has to offer. Right, right. Uh, but there's also, like, working stiffs aboard. Yes, there are, Like, yes. sort of our central character is a bit of a working stiff. Right, yes, yes. And and, and the premise of the movie is, is you know, this, this journey not going as anticipated. But what I didn't expect, and the thing that devastated me, and it sounds like devastated you, and, and makes the movie become infinitely more interesting almost immediately is where I thought I was going to watch a sort of standard disaster movie, which often take place, not in real time, but sort of in real time. Yeah, it's a day in the life. Yeah, I was, you are pretty immediately with con- confronted with a title card that is just like six years later. You know, yeah. like you just, all of a sudden you realize like, oh, this is like, it, it becomes a longer and stranger journey than you are expecting almost immediately. And yeah. then continues to double down on that until you feel like you're going mad because yeah. it's just, it just keeps getting unfathomably like we operate almost exclusively. I feel like on this notion of like, 
things are getting bad, but thank God they'll get better. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that we only survive because our instinct is to go, at least it's going to get better after this. And that movie just never lets it get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's the what bugged me out was the scope of the time frame. Like yeah. this, it's a life. It's a, yes. it's a, it's a life. And yeah. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, but it, what really, because that what bugged me out was the as soon as the time commitment came into yes. play, yes. I was like, oh man. But by the end of the movie, I had this crazy thought where I was like, Earth is essentially just a very, very high functioning spaceship, yes. and like a high functioning spaceship. It's going to run out of things if we don't build more things. And I just started to really get, like, I had a hardcore reality check where I was like, Earth is a spaceship. Oh, God, we're running out of gas. I was going to say, I will say, this watching it in quarantine might be a poor choice. I'm not sure I watched it before this all started. And it was a devastating movie to watch at that time. So maybe not a great time to be recommending it to people, but I really liked this movie. Like I thought this movie was tremendous. It's I, a good I was movie. very impressed by it. Yeah. I like the kind of sci-fi that uh, goes big with concept, yeah. but uh, keeps the story relatively like the concept becomes the setting and then the yeah. story becomes the people within it. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, yeah. As opposed to, you know, there's sci-fi set pieces, which hey, I love that. Pew sure. pew, give me his, all the pews. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, that was that's a cool one. I, I that one didn't make my list because I think I saw it uh, like last fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, that's just, a cool I movie. I think it's like it was on Hulu earlier this year. I don't know if it yeah, still yeah. is, but it's so one of those movies it. that because it's so indie-ish, it just kind of like Blow it came out three years in a row, depending on on where you were at in the world. Yes, kind yes. of appropriate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I made that my my number five because I just really like that movie. Nice. Um, Criterion Channel did a thing recently where they had the Safdie brothers uh, in honor of Uncut Gems. They put a bunch of their features up. Um, I've now seen all of their features because they are like, they're the filmmakers I'm probably most excited about today. And um, they're just so good. And they had like a lot of their short films, uh, most of their feature films. Uh, and then there was some adjacent films. One of their collaborators uh, and star of their first movie, uh, Come to Daddy. Was it Come to Daddy? Not Come to Daddy. Oh, Daddy Long Legs. Sorry, Come to Daddy. Daddy Long Legs. Daddy, yes. Daddy Long Legs, which is really tremendous. Uh, I hate that Trump has ruined the word tremendous for me because it's a great <laughs> word. Ugh, wish I bought, bought stock in that movie, in that <laughs> term, because it's been used a lot. Uh, but that guy's name is Ronald Bronstein. He's the star okay. of that. And he made a movie called Frownland that, was up on Criterion as wow. a uh, so 2007 Ronald Brownstein. And Frownland is one of the most, you know I love movies that work really hard to make the audience uncomfortable. Yeah. I like that. Most of my growth happened when I was forced into being uncomfortable. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's uh, that's the beauty of, of, of this kind of movie. If you can fuck with the squares, it, uh, it can change hearts and minds. But I just love it because I love watching people squirm. And yeah. Frownland made me squirm so hard. Uh-huh. It's just a dude living his life for a couple days, and he's just pretty poor. He's got very, very, like, always going to have one thing will push him into a meltdown at all times. Okay. And, 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 and he's ner- nervous, and he, who, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he can't get words out. Like, he's just yeah. so on edge yeah. all the time. But he like kind of sucks. He's like really a dickhead. He's like kind of a piece of shit. And uh, so it's this very real portrayal of this guy trying to just be uh, alive in New York. In this, so it's you know it's a 
it is a very much an art film and it's very much a New York as a character film, but uh-huh. just New York is in like, this is, you know, 2007. So this is relatively post nine 11, you know, New York reclaiming its identity as a tough place. And, uh, this guy is just lost in it and you don't even like him. You're not even rooting for him, Gee. but it's such a compelling performance. It, the performance is, is pretty unbelievable. I it's, it takes it to the edge. And I think that that's a, that's a really cool thing to watch. And I, I just, Frowland really got me there for its whole runtime. Sorry about that. I just had a little connection issue on my end. Yeah, you but froze in a really funny picture. I would have loved to uh, see what the, uh, I would love to like, screenshot that. But yeah, Frowland is cool. Uh, it's not something I'd recommend to everybody, but I think it's a movie with a lot of good filmmaking in it, a lot of really incredible acting in it, and it just has this raw... Uh, hardcore honesty that you don't often see that uh, was really made the, the, this, the discomfort of it is the point of it. And if you can get through it, which I think you can, cause it is rather funny and it is a, a you know, it watches, but if you can get through the uh, of it, where you just, uh, ah, it's uh, it's worth it. Cool. It's, uh, it sounds know, interesting. If you ever get too high and then you bug out for a while, but then after you come down, you go, I'm glad I had that bug out. I think I came <laughs> through that all right. This is the cinematic equivalent of that feeling. Uh-huh. I think, yeah. you, I, honestly, dude, I think you would really love it. I, right. It sounds like abrasive, but I I, don't know, I think that you that you might actually fall into step with it. It's cool. Okay. I'll, I'll check it out. I actually I, I uh, am, am now on Criterion Channel, so I oh, I, right can, uh, I saw that that was one of the collections that was up there. So definitely uh, watch it. And it it works out. with if you look at the. It's what I love about the Safties. Their movies are stressful to watch. They take you to the fringe and they just dance on that that fringe line. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and they do it just to toy with you. And so this is that, but not as uh, not as as showy about it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I'm interested. I'll check it out. Um, so uh, my number four is a movie that I know you love. I don't think we ever ended up talking about it on the show that I remember. Um, but I bought it on a Kino Lorber sale and finally watched it this year and loved Burnt Offerings, directed by Dan Curtis. Which uh, uh, sorry, one of the actors Oliver from... Reed, Karen Black. Yeah, yeah, so good. One of the actors from Burnt Offerings passed away today. Oh, um, I don't actually know his name. He was the driver, um, but he, he's actually in a lot of stuff. And, and I am ashamed to find out that uh, I didn't really uh, know his name until he passed. Oh, but the chauffeur, it, Anthony James. Anthony James, the chauffeur. Yes. And he, so, yeah, he passed away today. So RIP to him. Yeah, he's in he's like in Unforgiven. a ton of stuff. Yeah. Oh, in the he, heat of the night. Oh, yeah. He's got a very distinctive face. Like our uh, listeners, if you if you look up um, uh, Anthony James, may he rest in peace. You'll you'll recognize him immediately. Yeah, you've definitely seen him in movies. Um, yeah, I love this. Oliver Reed is such a weird actor that I kind of just love watching. Karen Black also weird actor that I love watching. It's just these two fucking weirdos having a weird off for you know ninety minutes. And oh yeah, it is so entertaining. I and like, boy, just married it shows yeah. up. Yes. I just this movie is like ridiculously entertaining. It's like a really good haunted house movie that just like has these great kind of scene chewing performances that don't feel scene chewy. There's something mm-hmm. about the way this movie is captured. I, I, I don't know, like compliments to Dan Curtis or something about the energy that he captures in this that like it doesn't feel as scene chewy as it actually is. It just I like this movie a lot. I think it's because it's legit scary. Yeah, it is. Um, you know that what's the one? It's called the haunt. Is it the haunting of Hell House? Yes, The Haunting of Hell House, yeah. It reminds me of that in yes. tone, but like that movie feels silly to me. Yeah. Um, 
Is that what it's called? It I plays think it I, Exhumed, right? Yes, and you I, know I what think, I'm talking about. I, yes, I do know what you're talking about. And I it's think it's got Planet of the Apes guy in it. Planet of the Apes guy. I'm Charlton Heston. No, no. <laughs> That's House. Yeah, no, I know who you mean. But I can't think of his name either. Hold on, but I, it's yeah, Hell House. Oh, is it the Legend of Hell House? Yes. The Legend of Hell House. Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. That's the guy. Who's the guy. Yep. The uh, Legend of Hell House. Burnt yes. Offerings reminds me of that in it tone does. and in feel, but it's scarier. I think it's yes. tighter. And I think you're right. They get to go big, but it feels, it doesn't feel false or melodramatic. By the end, there's that crazy sequence where, like, the house is kind of, like, chasing after them. They're, like, trying to escape by car. And, like, it's not... It's not that the house itself is chasing them, but it's kind of that the house itself is chasing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that is like some wild shit that totally works in that movie. Like, yeah, it, it is scary and weird and just like it freaked me out. Like, I like that movie a lot. And I like the reveal because they never outright say what the goal of the house is, right? But they do reveal what the goal of the house is. Yes. And when you come to understand what its method is and what it's trying to do, right. it becomes that much more otherworldly where you're like, that's yeah. fucking hardcore. Yes. But it also makes the house human because what yes. it is chasing is something that we all chase as well. Yes, yes. And it's scary that it takes it away from us. If you know what I'm saying. I do. I know yeah, exactly okay. what you're saying. It, I, I cannot so cool. recommend burnt offerings enough. It is cool. It's actually scary. And it, like, fits in that wheelhouse of, like, you'll feel like you're watching a cult movie, even though I think it, like, borders on actually maybe being a horror classic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really good. I first heard of it for the dumbest reason. I was reading an interview with Kate Blanchett when I was, like, 20 years old. Okay. And uh, everyone who knows me knows that she is my favorite wife. I, I love Kate Blanchett so much. She's just just so talented and beautiful and just the best. Amazing. And uh, mm, I love her. And... Uh, in the interview, she was like, you know, the movie really scared me. No one's ever heard of it. Burnt Offerings. I was like, well, I have to buy it because the wife <laughs> wants it. And so I brought it home. She was not home. She left. But uh, I now have Burnt Offerings. And so thank you <laughs> to my ex-wife, <laughs> Gabe Blanchett. Uh, I got to thank her, too, then, because it eventually made its way to me. And I like, I am looking forward to watching it again this Halloween season. Nice. I, I just I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my all-time faves, man. That's just a good-ass movie. Really good. Yeah. Love it. And if they show that at an Exhumed... Oh. Man, that'll be the best. Yes. All right, so my number three. Oh, this three. is where the director repeats. You knew it was coming. Gavin O'Connor's Warrior. Oh, it is Warrior. Okay, cool. It cool. is indeed Warrior. Warrior is a movie that I had seen, like, lots of pieces of. Yeah. And uh, pretty much knew it was going down in it. And I was like, you know what? I've never actually sat down to watch this. And it is... I, it's, it's very suited to me. I love the Rocky movies so much. And this is two adjacent Rocky movies uh-huh. happening at the same time where you're rooting for the guy for his big fight. Yeah. And naturally it's with his brother who is the other guy. Uh-huh. And so it's two adjacent Rocky movies, both compelling, both of these incredible reasons for these guys to win the fight that's on the line and their stories intertwine. And it all leads to, of course, the big battle between brothers. It's about family. It's about honor. It's about money. It's about health. It's about, they just get everything in there. But yeah. in a way that doesn't feel forced or hokey, it is melodramatic and big. But then there's this just like crazy fight between Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, where they're both these dudes just really having a, it's a really well done fight. Yeah. And everything's on the line for yeah. both of them. Yeah. And they want them both to win. And, uh, but it doesn't cop out. It ends in a way that just, 
man, it destroyed me. That is that kind of shit just works on me. I will cry at all the rock movies. And I would like to. Dude, we should. This is one that we got to do an episode on. I'm in. It is. Oh, it just, it just, I keep saying it just works, but yeah. the script is just, it's so, it's so broad and expansive and they get so much in there that it almost feels unwieldy, but it never falls apart. And there's so much weight to every punch. Oh, and it's, it's not even boxing. It's UFC. Right. So, right. which gives you the added bonus in boxing. It's like, oh man, this punch means everything. And then the punch lasts a second. But yeah. in UFC, you can have scenes where it's just like, he's got 10 seconds to tap out. Is he going to tap out? And so they milk these moments yeah. where they're wrenching each other into impossible positions. And Tom Hardy's uh-huh. snotty and bloody. And, ah! and you're like, will he tap out? Everything's on the line! <laughs> it's incredible, dude. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Um, I'm going to watch this movie a hundred times. <laughs> so I feel good. like, I feel like... Did it even come out at the same time as the Jake Gyllenhaal version of this movie, or are they like five years, ten years apart? I I think it came out before Southpaw. It did, um, which I also have quite a fondness for. Because I feel like I don't know the difference between those movies, uh, but one of these movies, Warrior, sounds like a good movie that I will enjoy, and the other movie, Southpaw, sounds like it could be a good movie, but it's going to be like the dumb movie that I think it is. If that makes yeah. sense. And because I, I get them confused, right. yeah, I think because I get them confused, I'm like, I'm out on the whole thing. I don't know. I, I'm not watching any no, of those fighting movies. Dude, Warrior's good. It's like melodrama done right. Yeah. Um, and it's and, and there's like a who's who of like like Brian Callen is in it. Um, who's that? He's a stand-up comic, Brian Callen. I don't know. But I think I he might UFC commentate in real life. He's oh, more sure. of like a TV guy, I guess. But he's in it, like just weird people show up. But uh, Nick Nolte was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for it, and uh, yeah, and so and Nick Nolte's fantastic in it. He's Tom Hardy's coach. Okay, you know, he's grizzled. And he's all he's doing. Boy, just Meredith. Right. And uh, get in that rock. You're gonna eat light and get crap thunder. Um, I don't know. It's it's totally manipulative. It's completely that type of movie. But the fact that they just took two formulaic movies and mix them together to make one breaking the formula movie is yeah, real cool to me. Sounds cool to me. Like it's that, cool. That, that is a great way to sell me. Southpaw is just straight formula, but it's yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal doing a, a really great good actor. job. The boxing it. looks good. And yeah. Forrest Whitaker's the coach. That's a, that's a combo that's pretty worth fair. watching. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Fair. And I also cried my eyes out when everything was on the line. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Punches are connecting and you're like, but he's yeah. grown. Uh-huh. He doesn't deserve this. He's earned, you know, did yeah. you see that breakfast? Uh-huh. So yeah, but yeah. So Warrior, I I couldn't love it harder than I do. It, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. We really should. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Uh, my number three. Uh, my number three is a big cheat, but I've talked about it on the show before, so we don't talk about it too much. It's actually five movies. It's the Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Series, right on. Uh, which is I think still available on Shutter. Uh, these are Japanese movies about the history of the Yakuza in Japan following uh the dropping of the bombs on Japan. And uh, it is fucking excellent. It's like five very good mob movies that are clearly huge influences on Scorsese specifically, but really any mob movie you've seen, like you can sort of see the DNA of it in these movies. Can I ask They're you this? Great. Yeah. Was your inclination to watch it and charm for it? Is that at all related to your Godzilla obsession? As oh, you that bet also it is, branched out of post post bomb Japan for sure. Like uh, that. Th- like when I started. I had heard of these movies, um, 
I don't know if I started them because of my Godzilla obsession, but kind of probably. Like, my Godzilla obsession definitely led to just, like, some obsession with, like, Japanese history, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, but once I watched the first one of this series and realized that's what it is, that it's about post-war Japan, and that I had been watching this, this basically fantastical science fiction series about post-war Japan, it was really cool to watch a different filmmaker tackle that same history just like without the pomp and circumstance of mm -hmm. like genre, you know what I mean? Even is this though supposed to be somewhat based in fact, kind of it's, any of it, the events. It, it's it's very similar to The Irishman in that it's based on like one guy's account of okay. claiming to have been in the yakuza. Okay. It's like a it's like a guy that was on death row for something wrote a big account of his time in the yakuza, and it's like based on that. They're called the yakuza papers. Um, oh, oh, I've heard of the Yakuza. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's based on that. And it's oh, cool. So supposedly, you know, whether it's accurate or not is like a little bit not the point. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think yeah. it is within within reason it's accurate, if that makes sense. You know, it's probably heightened to a certain degree. Irishman's but, a good comparison because yeah, that's a movie yeah. that like, who knows if it's true, but who gives a shit? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's And it it is a great comparison, I think, to the Godzilla series. If you're trying to think of the Godzilla series as a metaphor for like, what Japan was going through after the bombs dropped on them. This yeah, is like yeah. a very then kind of literal, like this is what happened to Japan after a bomb. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's yeah. really good. I liked it a lot. And it's also like it's like it's it can be funny. It can be like really like uh, it's got some very. You can see that Tarantino was very influenced by a lot of it. Um, mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of like action stuff in it that's really cool. But it's really it's the dense drama of it. The the you know you know me. It's like it's the soap opera of it that I really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. like. Uh, How many are there? There's five of them. Actually, there's a lot of them, but the the sort of original cycle of these was like these five movies. Okay. Um, there is there is a series called the New Battles Without Honor and Humanity, which I think is like okay. three movies they made like a decade later, maybe. I think there's even been like some one-off movies in the years since then, even. But these five are from like a two-year period, all made by the same filmmaking team. They made five full-length movies, same actors, same directors. It's like it's wild, actually. So it's the it's the, the B W H A H E C U. Yes, exactly. So yeah. that's what I was writing down there. I was like, that's I gotta so figure this funny. out. Yes. B -W -H -A -H -E -C -U. Yeah, the Blahaku E C U. Yeah. Yep. Dude, I that sells me on it because I want to check it's it really out. Really good. Just, you know, it is like that's a project. So then they're also they're things. all. I'm pretty sure they're all like pretty tight ninety minute movies. Oh, done. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. into that. I'm yep. into that. Right on. They're, they're really worth watching. I like them a lot. Battles Without Honor and Humanity. That's such also a good... maybe the greatest title in the history of. Yeah, that's like that's like metal shit. They battled with honor when they wrote that title of humanity. Hell yeah! You can just, God, you, yeah, your next movie. God, it's it, a joke deconstructed. You yeah, do the yeah. pieces, you put it together. Uh -huh. uh, my number two, and I think I mentioned it on the show before, yeah. was the 1973 Hal Ashby dramedy, The Last Detail. Oh, God, yeah, I really would like to see this movie, please. Man, oh, man, it's great. Uh, so it is Jack Nicholson. Oh, no, I'm not going to remember his name. He's actually a guy who shows up in Exhumed stuff all the time. Uh, Otis Young. Otis Young, They okay. are two, uh, you know, Navy guys. And Randy Quaid is Meadows, another Navy guy, who, because of a assault on a superior officer charge, um, I actually forget the the terms of it because it's been a little bit. Uh, no, not a, I know it's a theft charge. Sorry, I think it was a okay. theft thing. 
something like that. He's just some dumb bullshit thing. He's about to get court-martialed. Okay. And so uh, they're going to take him to the, the prison, the military prison, where he's got to spend two years. And he's just some young kid who clearly, like, fucked up. Yeah. And it's a great performance from Randy Quaid. And they just take him on the road. And so it becomes a road trip movie where the idea becomes, listen, we're all getting a per diem for this. At the end of it, you're in jail. We're back in the Navy anyway, so it's not like we need this money. Uh, Let's party. Uh, Let's show this kid a good time before he loses the first two years of his 20s in prison. And it's really, really good. And it's just Jack Nicholson being the older brother type. He's going to, you know, uh, really funny. Those guys than the kid. I don't know why um, I'm curious about this, but he says he's 19 at one yeah. point in the movie, and I imagine that they are probably no older than 32. Okay, all right, okay. Um, they might even just be late 20s, but they're just yeah. they're guys. It's like they've lost their virginity, they've had a good drunk, yeah. they've seen some shit, they've been on some boats, and he's just some young kid who, um, oh, you know what it was? He he uh, stole money from the uh, the donation plate uh, okay. from like a. a high-ranking priest okay. and uh that kind of a thing and so yeah but it's just a really great movie they have this nice little brotherhood and it's it's really funny uh it's really dramatically sound uh oh what's her name carol kane shows up in oh, it yeah cool it's a prostitute with a heart of gold uh uh-huh. it's yeah it's very funny it's just such a nice awesome movie but uh it's just one of those great old 70s movies that that has attitude and has verve and and ends up you know, at, at, by the end, you you're you're warmed into some new ideas by it. It's cool. That's cool. That sounds good. Where where did you watch it? Uh, this was also in Criterion, and the okay. reason that I watched it was because it was leaving Criterion. Okay. And okay. I was like, oh, I should get into this. So I don't know if it's there anymore. I All did right. watch it a couple months ago, but yeah. those leaving soons tend to linger. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All but right. I honestly, I, th- I think it's it's whatever you got to pay to get it. It's totally yeah, worth, it's worth it. it. It's, okay. Cool. It's a movie that is it's definitely a masterpiece. Except I would like to watch more Hal Ashby. Didn't uh, Linklater do like a pseudo remake of that movie or something like that? Last Flag Flying was supposed right. to be like a spiritual successor to it. I think because the terms of it are similar where it's, you know, two guys uh, showing somebody whose time is nigh a good time. Yeah. But I, I don't really... I. That could be completely wrong. I don't know. Right, right, right. But okay, I remember okay. it was like a dual programming thing at uh at the Philadelphia Film Festival one year. Oh, okay. And uh yeah. So cool. well, but um, it's just yeah, it's just one of those great old movies. Love that. Yeah, I would like to see it. I, I and I don't know that I've ever seen a Hal Ashby movie. He did Being There, which I really want to see. I've not Me seen too. That. I would love to see that movie. Um Yeah. He I did Harold and Maud. He did in the heat of the night. Nope. Um, These are all movies I would like to see, but I, I, I've not seen any. I don't think he I've did seen this any. one. I'm going to show you the picture. It's a TV show called Beverly Hill Bunts. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a Hal Ashby movie. But, but that's... it was it was a novel, and it was adapted by Robert Town, who also wrote Chinatown. Right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, he directed Shampoo as well. Yeah, I've not seen oh, right on. movies, but uh, I would like to. Yeah, it was good, man. You'd like it. It's cool, and it was wild seeing Randy Quaid as like a kid. Yeah, that's how, that actually that is like the the one part of the uh, the sales pitch there that I was like Randy Quaid. Yeah, and and he's good in it. It's not yeah, just him doing like a goofball performance. It's right. got feel to it. It's a real character. It's it's good stuff. That's no cool. love lost to Randy Quaid. No, no, no. Fan. Um, I hope he's so, okay. I know he was having a rough go of it there. 
Uh, the Hollywood assassins were coming after him and his wife, according to him, something like that. Yeah, something like that. That's pretty wild. Something like that, indeed. Uh, so my number two, and I'm really, I'm just looking to check a detail here that somebody told me about this movie before I totally give it to you, but I think I'm right about this. So my number two, we talked a little bit about this on the show, is The Night of the Hunter from oh, yeah. uh, 1955, directed by Charles Lawton. Uh, and I think this is the only movie Charles Lawton ever directed. Okay. I think it, that's the detail I'm trying to uh, get out we'll here. We'll talk about the movie. I'll look it up. Uh, I am correct. He's uncredited on something called The Man on the Eiffel Tower, but that is his only other directing credit. So hmm. the only thing he was ever credited as directing was The Night of the Hunter. And, dude, when you see this movie, you're going to be like, that's impossible. It's impossible that this man only made one movie, and it was this movie. Yeah, it, and it's good. It's so good. It, it is like, so it, it stars um, Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum, Cape Fear. Yeah, which I've never seen, and I would love to. Oh, but man, Cape Fear is great. Her, Both he, of them. He's so good in this. He plays, and it's not a spoiler to say, he plays a serial killing preacher. Um, oh. It's not a spoiler to say that, because that is the first thing that they tell you in the movie, is that he is a preacher who is killing people. He's like on a killing spree. Um, you probably wonder how I got here. Right, it's, Kind of. People. Uh, so I assume you're familiar with this from uh, uh, Do the Right Thing. You know the uh, the love hate like brass knuckles that yep. the, the one character has. That's from this movie. Robert oh, Mitchum no has love and hate tattooed on his knuckles. And when he meets people, he goes, "Oh, let me tell you about the story of love and hate. There was love on the left hand of God and hate on the right." And he does like one of those like southern preacher but that's how and in the middle was dolomite all the time yeah right yes yeah he, but it's like he does that old-timey preacher thing but that's how he talks to everybody all the time and it's the story of this guy that like worms his way into people's lives in order to take things from them basically but really yeah, yeah. it's the story of him chasing these two children because he knows from a little bit of time he did in the slammer that their father hid a bunch of money with them and so it's it's the story of a murderous preacher chasing two children across the South, trying to get money from them. It's fucking wild. It's all black and white photography. It gets really psychedelic sometimes. It is so fucking good. It's like a movie that you will you just can't believe that you're watching a movie from 1955 that is the movie you're watching. Do you know what nice. I mean? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna watch this tomorrow. It's so good. It's so. I'll say for me, the ending gets like a little bit cheesy. Like the ending is the only part of the movie that feels like a movie from 1955. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it is otherwise. It, it's so tremendous otherwise. And frankly, like I, I might be wrong about the ending. Like I, I as I've read more reviews and thought more about it, I think there is something interesting happening in the finale of the movie. It just feels like it's like a totally different tone from the rest of the movie. And that was like a little bit of a rough shift for me, but mm -hmm. it, it's tremendous. Like I can't recommend it enough. And I think we, we plan to do an episode on this in the future. So I, I yeah. hopefully people will get to hear us talk about this more. It's I so still good. might watch it this weekend. You just you should. That sounds awesome. It's so awesome. I really, nice. really like this movie. Yeah. Charles Lawton. That's a great yeah. name. And, and dude, it, you will be like, I can't believe this guy. This is the only thing he ever directed. It's like unreal. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I'm into it. Where did you watch it? I believe it's on Amazon Prime. I think anybody listening to this can watch Ooh. it right now. Okay, I have Amazon yeah. Prime. I can do that. I should say I have access to Amazon Prime. I think I just broke my desk by putting my feet on it. Oh, no. Oh, oh nope. You know what? I was able to nail it back in with, with my feet. feet. Yeah, it was just like the little crossbar in the back. I was putting my feet up on it. You got those hammers. I fiddle with my feet a lot. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so my number one, this is like well, the craziest one. Uh, I think you know already because I've been talking it up in the group email. Oh, but yeah. another movie that I had seen oh, much yeah. of, but you got to watch from beginning to end, and I finally just sat down and put the time in uh, for Southland Tales. I have also the, seen like most of this movie, but yeah. not actually watched this movie. Man, dude, it's it's something else, man. <laughs> I, I'm a Richard it's Kelly wild. guy. Like I, for a long time, have even defended the box. I think of it right. Like I, I oh, just I like rocks, Richard dude. Kelly. Yeah, I, I think rocks. he's a cool. <laughs> I think box he's rocks. a cool director. Box rocks, dude. Yeah, he's good. Um, you know, he did Donnie Darko, another weird movie. Yeah. Like, this is, like, some inspired weird shit. Yeah. I often joke, and, of course, you got to, you know, make the David Lynch comparison in the, uh, you know, as you pretext this movie. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I honestly think that's a little reductive to it because they, they have different aims, I think. Whereas Lynch is going for surrealism because he's creating emotions and, and feel, you know... Uh, He's a little more like horror centric. This one feels a little more dystopian centric in that there is some sort of social commentary being made here, but he's just unable to do it without uh, some intense psychedelia. And it's 2006, so it's like still Bush's America. And you got to like take that into consideration as you're watching it. I think there's a lot of that in there. It stars everybody who has ever been in a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember the cast. Some parts are really well acted. Sean William Scott. He's incredible in it. Uh-huh. Some parts are not really well acted, but you get the sense that it's purposeful. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's the it's the same thing as watching a David Lynch movie where you go, if he just showed up and said, this is actually a troll and none of it means anything, you'd be like, that makes sense. I still yeah. like it all the same. Yeah. Um, it's still very good. But I don't think that's the case. I think there is something right. being said here. Um, so much so that I spent an exorbitant sum of money buying an out-of-print prequel comic. I saw that. That, uh, that has a little bit more into it. And um, I'm glad I bought it. It's really cool. And it is thick. It's yeah. like 400 pages of comics. Dude, so I... he's tapped into something crazy weird here. And uh, I can't wait to decode it. But it's it's a movie that, at its length, I had a blast watching. It's crazy. Yeah. It's funny. It's weird. It's violent. It's awesome. Well, and it's another one where there's like supposedly a you know fabled longer cut of this movie somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, Five hours, I believe. Right? Yeah, there's like a fabled very long cut of this movie that supposedly exists somewhere. I don't know that that's true. At but, two and a half hours. No, it is true. And there's like lots of footage that does exist lying around yeah. that you can see that I've been like working my way through. Yeah. And um, but it doesn't matter. It's the it's the kind of thing that I think that the point being made can be made here, but it's yeah. fun to decode. It's just such a bonkers movie that it's it's really fun to watch. I remember uh, The Rock, isn't it? He's the main oh, right. character. Yeah, uh, well, and it was one of his early starring roles, right? Yes, like this yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. His head is like half the size of his head. <laughs> it's wild. Um, and, and he's still the hugest person I've ever seen. <laughs> right, right. It's, yeah. it's insane. And uh, the one thing that really made me laugh was there was a part where Sherry O'Terry is yelling in the face of uh, Amy Poehler. And I was like, this is some sort of weird passing of the torch. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> because very after this moment, Sherry O'Terry was gone and Amy Poehler really blew up. Yep. And uh, it was just a funny thing to watch. And I was watching them like, she's like breathing her soul into her. This is, <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, Will Sasso's in it. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't possibly describe it to you, but it is just the tits. It is so good. Yeah. Um, but it's a hated movie. I know. And yeah. believe you me, I get it. Yeah, because yeah. it is a big old plate of slop, and yeah. you just gotta wolf it down and see if it agrees with you. Agree uh-huh. with me? Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's 
it's something else, man. It is insane. I, <laughs> I remember being like a young internet nerd. I think I was like just starting college, I think, around when that came up. Because I remember like reading like Slash Film in the early days of Slash Film and Richard Kelly doing interviews talking about like, yeah, I think I'm going to do like a comic book to like try and take care of some of the stuff that didn't fit in the movie. And then yeah. like I remember the comic book coming out. Like I remember all of that stuff. It's like uh, uh, just a... Very fond memories of that era of uh, of the inter of the internet. He was like he was like the it guy for a while. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I remember Donnie Darko came onto my radar because someone was like, oh yeah, it's something with like a it's like a horror movie with like a giant bunny. Right. And I was like sold done. Yeah. And then when it came out, it trip it was like a trippy movie. Yeah. And you know he became like one of those like early film nerd darlings. Sure. And so I miss him and I want some more Southland tales. And also John Lovitz plays a gray haired. Uh, cop that has no problems uh, abusing power and being violent. Oh, what so do you know? like, Yeah, it's... And, and he's great. So he plays a cop? He plays a cop, yeah. He plays, a, <laughs> he plays your run-of-the-mill friendly neighborhood cop. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the usual. Yeah. And uh, I'm happy to let one bad apple spoil the bunch on that. And John <laughs> Lovitz is... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's something, man. But I, the main thing, the real big takeaway is that I miss Sean William Scott. He's, oh, dude, he's exceptional in it. Whether the movie works for you or not, he's like he puts on a performance that is very real, and he plays twins, so he's playing two people. I had that exact thought the other day. Like I, I just like kind of miss seeing him come up in movies, and there was mm-hmm. like a brief period where it seemed like he was finally going to break out of that like Stifler thing and start becoming a star of his own, and it kind of fizzled out as soon as it started. Mm-hmm. You should look up an old episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia called Mac oh. Day. I know that episode. You he know Country is Mac? so funny in that episode. So funny in that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. He's yeah. ready to oil up some boys and do some stunts. <laughs> so funny. He's Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, so well, then I recommend up. Southland Tales. This is yeah. another one that I would love to maybe do an episode on because yeah. I haven't cracked it. And I think I need to watch it with some other people to crack it. But yeah, who am I going to say, will you please sit down and watch this trippy two and a half hour post-apocalyptic or just pre-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi Current, currently apocalyptic musical thing with John Lovitz right. yeah. and Will Sasso. Uh, this guy, me. You can ask yeah. me. I'll do that. So we'll one do day it. we should do that. Yeah, we should. But that's one that I think we should wait until we can unquarantine because I would like to yeah. be in the same room as the people watching that. I agree. I agree. I'm in. Uh, I'm, I, it would be a great excuse to revisit that because, like I said, I never actually... I've never sat down and watched it start to finish. I just, I think I've seen most of it, but yeah, that's how I felt. But when I sat down to watch it and saw it all in order, it didn't make more sense, but it worked better. Yeah, sure, fair, <laughs> if you will. That makes sense. Uh, okay, so my number one movie was like no question for me. As soon as we were like, "What's the best thing that you watched this year that was new to you?" I knew exactly what my answer was, and it is Mario Baba's Blood and Black Lace. Oh, right on. Sixty-four. I've not seen that one. Oh, dude, it is a Technicolor Pop-Tart dream. It is Of all of those filmmakers, like the Argentos and the yeah. Fulcis and all that, I think Bava's my favorite. Um, so, and it's because of that color scheme. Dude, yeah, I mean, I it made me want to watch more Bava because I have not seen much. If I, I've seen maybe one other Bava movie, but I, I'm not even sure which. I, I, yeah. Baron Blood. I saw Baron Blood. Okay. Um, uh, I think is the only other one I've seen. Um, dude, but man, dude. Black I, Sabbath. Yeah. Mario I, Bava anthology, bro. I've heard it's great awesome. things. I like. I've got a list of Bava movies that I know I need to see and I want to see because this movie was tremendous, dude. It's like, 
it, it is an Agatha Christie story, basically. I mean, it's okay. not really, but it is. Okay. It's, it's, it's just a murder mystery. You know, it's like every other Giallo you've ever seen. It's a murder mystery where there's somebody with black gloves running around killing people. But it's not – every other one I've ever seen kind of doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like most Giallo movies I've seen only kind of add up. They do that noir thing where it goes bigger than it needs to. And, yeah. You know, that's just so much. Well, and also, honestly, half of them don't even make sense while you're watching. There's oh, a yeah, lot of them that... It's like, oh, yeah, Haunted Dog. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And, and like, yeah. you could just feel that they're, like, edited in bizarre ways where it's unclear. I don't know. You just... But this, like... This felt to me like a really, like, straightforward narrative, I would say, that just, like... It just works more than a lot of these other Giallo... Like, I like a lot of Giallo movies, but this one really feels like it just... All the wheels are on this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it just mm-hmm. it functions from start to finish. But it also, like... Is this on Shutter? Opening, it is on Shutter or Amazon. One of the two. Okay. One of the two. It, dude, the opening titles, it's like the first two minutes of the movie, are just these... I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, these... Um, you know, these static shots of each of the, the actors with, like... And it's, like, their title card for, you know, starring, blah, 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 blah. But each actor just basically gets like a headshot where they're just like sitting in their costume in character, like on a set. But each one is its own specific Technicolor color, you know? Oh, like one shit. is green, and one is yellow, and one is pink, and one is purple. And like, and I just immediately was like, oh, okay, I love everything about this. Like, what is this movie? That sounds just, like character posters. Exactly. <laughs> just introducing you to the players, and then immediately you're dropped into the mystery of just like, you know, I think it's like a murdered girl at like uh, some sort of like, oh, like a modeling agency or something. I yeah, can't remember yeah. exactly, but it's like, and it is just this great narrative about like, you know, this murder that ha- it, it, honestly, it is similar to Suspiria in that it's like, it's this like kind of this small organization where like somebody goes missing, there's like a murder and it's like, what happened? How did this happen? Why did this happen? Obviously, there's a larger conspiracy that kind of unfolds as the movie goes on, but it just looks so like honestly, it's the look of it that I think I loved so much. Yeah, but yeah. Then also that it actually is a functional mystery in a way that I feel like a lot of Jalo movies for me don't quite work or hold up. You know, I recently watched Deep Red. Yeah, and I really liked it. Um, me too. I like that it like kind of just tells you who did it if you're looking. Right. And, I, and what's funny is I noticed it, but I wasn't looking, so I was right. just like, oh, that was spoopy. Yeah. Um, but it's another one where, like, by the end of it, I was like, I don't actually, like, the reveal works, but, like, all this other stuff in the middle, I just don't need it. Yeah, like, we... I love every bit of it. Yeah. But, like, plot-wise, it was just one of those things where I'm like, I, it, it was, like, overkill in a way. Dude, I don't like, know. We, we caught up on Fulci's, whatever his trilogy is, I forget what they call that. Um, it's, like, the Gates of Hell trilogy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've watched all three of those now, and, and I enjoyed those movies, and I totally get why they're, like really popular especially among this genre they don't make any goddamn sense yeah like i don't know what any of those movies are about like even from scene to scene they don't make sense you know what i mean and and that's that's fine to some extent actually like i'm not even necessarily complaining about that but i I guess i'm wired to and i don't know enjoy something that is a little more it's a different thing yeah yeah and and i just this worked for me man i think blood and black lace is tremendous like nice this, this would be the movie i would show people to be like you might like Giallo movies. Watch this one. You know what okay. I mean? Maybe that'll be my I, that'll be my project this week. It'll be that and Night of the Hunter. So, I cannot recommend those movies enough. They are without a doubt the best things I've seen this year. And Speed Racer. And yeah, all yeah, the things yeah. I want to watch. 
uh, yeah, I can't recommend people watch Speed Racer enough. Like, just to shout out that actual movie. Uh, very good. Any uh, any uh, honorable mentions? Oh God, you know what? I didn't really it's write. Like Car Wash was an episode Car- we did, yes, but yes. That I thought Car Wash was just brilliant. Me I watched too. The Dirties. We recently did an episode, not recently, but we did that episode on Matt Johnson's uh, yeah. subsequent film, uh, Operation Avalanche. The Dirties was cool. Yeah. Uh, the McPherson oh, I mean- tapes was a really cool found footage, as was Lake Mungo, and uh, we saw this foreign movie about a murderous dog called Baxter that was real funny. And I would love to give a shout out to a movie that I. Just uh, for some reason, I had my back turned on early. And even as I came around on the filmmaker, never turned my back back around on it. But I'm glad I finally did. Uh, Bad Boys 2 really is the action masterpiece that it's touted as. Yeah. I, I caught up with that in anticipation of the third one, which was also good. And uh, I didn't like the first one at all. Uh, but Bad Boys thing. 2 is great. All right. Just Bam, baby. Yeah. Bam. Best it's ever been. I'm willing to check it out. I watched like the whole Criterion Godzilla set. Love Godzilla nice. movies. People should watch those. Um, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, one of the other things I thought about putting on my list, but um, uh, I didn't get to, was um, Tammy and the T-Rex, that gore cut that oh, came out. Oh, yeah. I forgot Genuinely about that. That was so much fun. Loved that. That is so fun. I think it's on Shudder. I think you can watch it. Uh, and I, I watched an old, uh, I think it's... It's not a Shaw Brothers movie. Oh, it's a Chang Che movie. Uh, Five Element Ninjas. It, I it keep was on almost Netflix putting that at on. Some point. I, it's, it's, I think it's still floating around somewhere. Five Element Ninjas is so fun and weird and crazy. Definitely watch it. Nice. Uh, that, that has been on my list ever since you first mentioned it, and I keep almost pressing play on it, and then I never do. It's, it's just wild. It, also, it is just wild. Did you see what was announced for, for Criterion today? Oh. Coming soon, or maybe even already on the platform now. A lot of old ass Jackie Chan movies. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, yes, baby. Yeah, yes, awesome, awesome, awesome. Great. Yeah. You know what I'm doing that. this weekend? Yeah, it's gonna be some good shit. Uh, you wanna wrap this thing up? Yeah, we can wrap this thing up. Thank you, everybody. This is probably one of our shorter mid-year ones, despite having the same number of entries. <laughs> um, if there's that's, anything that we I think missed, that's for the best, actually. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anything we missed or anything you want to talk about, definitely reach out to us. Of course, Please, it's I Like yeah. 2 Movie on all of the platforms. Yeah, we, uh, we have the YouTube. We have two videos up there. Definitely check those out. Uh, YouTube is where you're probably going to have access to some prizes that we'll be giving out in the future because yeah. of the comment thread is going to be the way that we'll go about doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so stay tuned on that. Uh, you can check out me at Dan Scully on Letterboxd and Twitter and all that fun stuff, cinema76.com, findy.com, and uh, toss it to you. Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter at Philadelphia, letterbox.com slash Philadelphia, cinema76.com. Uh, we're going to be doing, like, a, a starting a series soon on, like, flops. We're all going to be writing about some of our favorite big flops. Um, so uh, tune in there. And uh, um, I guess I'll shout out, I've, I've been guesting on this podcast, Lehigh Valley with Love as like their movie correspondent, which has been like kind of fun and exciting. Got to, it, it actually, you know what's been cool, dude, is like introducing a bunch of people to movies like Cop Car. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had them watch Raising Arizona this past week. None of yeah, I was actually going to ask about that because it was on your they letterbox. I was like, it. I wonder what made it one of, that's the best movie ever, yeah. They loved it. And it, it's been like really cool to just sort of get to go through like my back catalog of like, it, like they have not seen a lot of stuff and they're very open to just like whatever I want to recommend. And so I'm like, I'm, 
I'm kind of taking advantage of that. It's been fun. It's cool. Nice. Um, um, so yeah, cool. the, uh, Lehigh Valley with Love. Look that up. Um, uh, I'm on once a week now. Uh, I haven't checked it out, but also invitation to the Lehigh Valley with Love, guys. If you want to come oh. on and be our normal people correspondence once, <laughs> yeah, teach us about the normal world. Yeah. That would be really cool too. We need it. So uh, yeah, definite. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find the show everywhere uh, at I Like Two Movie. It's America too. Uh, email us for sure. Let us know. Like we actually, we, we a lot of our upcoming episodes we based around interactions we've been having with some of our audience, things that they said they wanted us to talk about. So mm-hmm. interact with us. We will we'll, we'll we'll get to your we'll get to your recommendations, the stuff you want to hear us talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, check out Rough Cut T-shirts for the uh, yeah Rough Cut Shirts badass song uh, Rough Cut Shirts. Yeah, yeah. And so that's um, all going to a good cause. Do that shit. It is. Yeah, yeah. Please, please uh, donate to good causes right now. It's uh, more important than ever. Uh, all right. Uh, my name is Gareth Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like to like movie. <laughs>